Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. Coming back is the thing that enables you to see how all the dots in your life are connected, how one decision leads you another, how one twist of fate, good or bad, brings you to a door that later takes you to another door, which, aided by several detours, long hallways, and unforeseen stairwells, eventually puts you in the place you are now. Ann Patchett, What Now? I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And this week, we're launching a new episode series we're calling From the Bookshelf Files. I'll be joined in conversation by fellow entrepreneur and bookshelf community manager, Felicia Dilbert. You'll hear us talk about the bookshelf's growth and the ups and downs of small business ownership, what life looks like at the bookshelf and how it's changed over the last few years, and how ideas like our reader retreats and shelf subscriptions come to life. This week, we're kicking things off with a little bit about the bookshelf's origin story. But before we begin, Happy New Year! It is our continued goal for From the Front Porch to reach 10,000 weekly listeners. We are getting so close. We worked so hard toward that goal in 2022. And so much of that is thanks to everyone who has listened and left a review on Apple Podcasts. Here is one of my recent favorite reviews from July Spark. Feels like home to me. Came on here to write a review and saw I had already written one several years ago. Still love this podcast several years later. Look forward to the weekly download every Thursday morning on my commute to work. Great companion to one of my favorite bookstores. If you haven't left a review yet, all you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see Write a Review, then tell us what you think. Happy New Year, friends. We are kicking off 2023 with this series of episodes that we hope will answer some frequently asked questions that we frequently get, that I frequently get, about the bookshelf and the book business. I could think of no better person to help me navigate these conversations than our community manager, Felicia. In addition to joining the bookshelf back in August, Felicia has always been a servant leader, entrepreneur, and grief recovery coach. Her books, Beautiful Healing, Volume 1, Seven Love Letters for the Truth Seeker Soul, and The Beautiful Healing Journal debuted at number one on Amazon on their release date. Now you can find her books, of course, at the bookshelf. Just check the show notes for a link. During her interview, Felicia pitched this idea of having fireside chats about small business ownership, and I loved the concept and thought it would be really fun to bring it to podcast format. I get a lot of emails from hopeful bookstore owners and women entrepreneurs, so a podcast series felt like a good idea we could try in the new year. I'm grateful she's here with me helping host these small business-inspired conversations. Hi, Felicia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much. I am so thrilled to be here, Annie. This is such a great thing. Felicia, why don't you tell listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of what brought you to the bookshelf? Absolutely. So I am from a little bitty town with about five stoplights named (laughs) Pelham, Georgia, about 30 minutes from Thomasville. I have a heart for family. I love the beach, but also I'm a woman of faith. And mm-hmm. um, essentially, Annie, I love helping women discover their true worth and mm-hmm. 
I do that through building community and just encouraging women, cheering each other on and confidence coaching. Also, grief is something that I believe everyone deals with throughout Mm -hmm. our life. We come to that crossroad of life and loss quite often. Mm -hmm. It looks different for everybody. And so I'm just grateful to have learned about these different gifts that the Lord has given me and also to be able to contribute to this wonderful, wonderful, charming, special place that you've created in Mm -hmm. the bookshelf in Thomasville. Well, we're so glad you're a member of our team. Felicia was brought on board last August as our community manager. So if you are a Patreon supporter or if you've attended one of our reader retreats, you have gotten to know Felicia that way. Um, She is responsible for helping the bookshelf grow and helping sustain the current supporters that we have, the current um, community that we have. So she's here to help us build and grow and sustain, which I think are certain gifts that she brings to the table. Felicia, let's talk. Yes, let's talk business, Annie. Let's talk business. (laughs) (laughs) And and what I love is you have created your own kind of definition. I feel you've written rules for yourself. (laughs) Throwing the spaghetti on the wall, like I hear you say often. Yes, I say that a lot. (laughs) So, So what does business mean to you when you think of that word? What does that mean to Annie? Yeah. So I think part of the reason I've kind of written my own rules, as you say, is because I was not a business major in college. I do not come from particularly entrepreneurial parents. My parents are really wonderful and lovely, but they did not own their own business growing up or anything like that. So business is something, the bookshelf business is something that I definitely think I I strived for, but in some ways it also fell into my lap. And so there have been many moments in the last 10 to 12 years where I have felt ill-equipped, unprepared. Yes, I bring, I hope, gifts to the table, but it can be a little intimidating, right, um, to do something that you don't feel like you have tools or language for. And so even business books, like air quote business books or business conferences can all feel a little intimidating. And some of that has gone away in the last couple of years, last few years. But I think when I initially hear the word business or small business or entrepreneurship, it makes me a little sweaty, (laughs) if I'm Mm -hmm. being totally Mm -hmm. honest. It just doesn't necessarily feel like what I would have predicted for myself, given my personality or the giftings I thought I had, I see now ways in which my personality is well-suited to the bookshelf, in particular the bookshelf, maybe business in general. But I think when you say the word business or when somebody says the word business, I immediately feel like, well, (laughs) maybe not, maybe not for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I absolutely love about you because you are so honest and transparent and mm-hmm. authentic. And these are the <laughs> words that I hear people say often, thought leaders all over mm-hmm. the world, different folks, be authentic, be authentic. But I truly feel that with you and mm-hmm. the way you lead, the way that you go along to the beat of your own drum. You know, like <laughs> I, I hear you saying feeling ill-equipped and unprepared, but then mm-hmm. I also see you pivot throughout every day. <laughs> Even Annie, like seriously, I just wanted to take a peek at one of your posts because I didn't want to misquote it. But yeah. after an, a recent event, you know, mm-hmm. you, you said so eloquently, I chose to be excited. I was nervous, 
Of course, this was a big deal for our team. Speaking of a large mm-hmm. event, we'll talk about a little bit later. I mm-hmm. wanted it to go well. And guess what? It went beautifully. But you talk about how you were nervous. You talk about, mm-hmm. even earlier, how you felt ill-equipped sometimes and unprepared. And I think mm-hmm. even just that really shines a light on who you truly are. And mm-hmm. it just speaks volumes. There's no mask on and off. You know, there's not, I, I just think yeah. it's really authentic. And I think that's a really cool way that you lead. So with that being said, how did it all begin for you? Tell me a little bit about the story of the bookshelf. Yeah. So first of all, I want to thank you. Uh, authenticity is a value that is really important to me. I think that's true of a lot of millennials. I think that is a generational desire or value that we really place highly. I also think my personality makes it really hard to fake things. <laughs> and so if I'm nervous, um, even if I am, as my mom always has said, fake it till you make it. Like even if I'm faking it, like I'm here, I'm professional, I'm going to do my job. Um, my face might show a little nervousness, right? I've never been one to very to hide very well what's <laughs> happening on my face. So Same. I think um, that is one way my personality might actually be naturally suited is they're just... It, transparent is the only way <laughs> Annie B. Jones really knows how to be. So thank you. I hope that that is an asset. Okay, so the bookshelf. This is a story I've told many times, but I do love telling it. Certainly the social media podcast version of the story is I was 13 years old. I saw the movie You've Got Mail starring Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. And I fell in love not just with the romantic comedy genre, but also with a little bookstore. I did not grow up in a town with an independent bookstore. I spent my childhood and teenage years hanging out at Barnes and Noble and watching this movie and seeing the Upper West Side in New York and this quaint, adorable bookshop. I saw Kathleen Kelly leading story time and I thought I would love to do that one day. Mm-hmm. And of course, like I said, the the social media savvy or the podcast version of that story is, and then I owned a bookstore and it was happily ever after. Um, But the reality is, of course, I was 13 years old and it was like one of those dreams that you tuck away that you think that would be cool one day and one day doesn't really, you know, you don't really know what one day might look like. So Mm -hmm. I went to college, got my degree in journalism. I've always loved writing and I chose journalism in perhaps surprisingly to some people, instead of becoming an English major, I chose journalism and graduated moved back to my hometown of Tallahassee, Florida, and began working in my field, uh, which felt miraculous at that time. I graduated in December of 2007, and there was like a recession, you know, in 2008. But I, I got a job in my field, and I felt like, I felt really proud of that. I felt really happy with that. And fast forward... I think around the age of 25, I had a quarter-life crisis where I just thought, can I keep doing this? Like, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Do I want to do office work? Do I want to work as a writer? I was working at a legal publication in Tallahassee. And I liked my work, but I just I just wasn't sure if that was all there was. And then the bookshelf opened a little outpost in Tallahassee. So the bookshelf has existed in Thomasville for over 30 years, as the spiel goes. And they opened a second location in Tallahassee right down the street from my and Jordan's house. And Tallahassee, as you know, Felicia, is not particularly walkable in a lot of areas, but we lived in Midtown Tallahassee, and that is where the bookshelf opened up a shop. I could literally walk to it, and I walked to work many days. And so 
anyway, they opened up a second location. We were familiar with the bookshelf in Thomasville. Like many Tallahassians, we would come up to Thomasville for date nights and things like that. I emailed the former owner of the bookshelf offering my services as like a story time lady, as a volunteer, Mm -hmm. just telling her how excited I was that she was opening a store in Tallahassee, in my hometown and in my neighborhood. Awesome. And Katie is the name of the former bookstore owner. And she was really kind and gracious. And a few months later, she reached out to me and asked if I was interested in applying for their manager position, which I had never worked retail in my life. I say often, I grew up in Tallahassee. So even my like early experiences in work were all state government related. Like, like I never, uh-huh. I never <laughs> like worked at the mall or anything like that. And so I had never worked retail, but I sat down with Katie and her husband, Scott. I really liked them. Um, I liked the mission of what they were doing. And I began managing the bookshelf in Tallahassee. Got it. Yeah. A year later, they chose to close that store. And that was something I kind of gloss over, but that was really hard. Mm -hmm. And when they decided to close, they offered me the chance to buy in to the bookshelf in Thomasville. Katie was ready for a career change. And so we can talk a little bit more about the details of that, but that is how I came to the bookshelf in Thomasville. And that was in 2013. I love it. I love it. So when I was doing some research Mm-hmm. When I saw this opportunity and applied for the job and everything, I'm like, let me find out about this Anna B. Jones a little bit. <laughs> you did so your homework. I did my homework. And I, I found a podcast interview by Jamie Terrence. It was awesome on her podcast, Savvy Cast. And I yes. heard you talk about sweat equity. I really mm-hmm. love how you were so transparent in saying <laughs> There was not a huge amount of savings, you know, there was not, no. you know, different things, you know, like yeah. like you were so clear in I, I worked, we saved, and mm-hmm. it, you mentioned this sweat equity. Tell mm-hmm. me what that means. What did that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. And I always want to be really honest, right, about how we came to own the bookshelf. And I and I want to be honest for all kinds of reasons, partly Absolutely. because that's important to me, <laughs> but also because I want people to know you don't have to have a lot of savings or come from maybe a wealthy background in order to own your own business. You can come at it from some really creative ways. And I am grateful to Katie and Scott for offering this opportunity. So here's what sweat equity looked like for me. Mm -hmm. I chose to come on board the bookshelf in Thomasville in 2013. I had worked for a year at the bookshelf Tallahassee. When I came on board, Katie told me that I could earn the bookshelf by working as I've really, I think my official title was like co-owner. Katie was pregnant at that time. She went on maternity leave. She really taught me the summer of 2013, like basic things, right? Like how to pay bills, like introduced me to the community of Thomasville, made sure I got settled and people got to know me. Then it kind of was mine to run. And she was there if I had questions. But really from that point forward, I began functioning as the operator, at minimum, Mm -hmm. the operator of the bookshelf. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for five years. So I earned like my paycheck. I got paid a little bit. And then most of my earnings went into 
purchasing the bookshelf. So we were given Mm -hmm. a total of what the bookshelf would cost. Mm -hmm. And then over the course of five years, I worked off that payment. It reminds me, the the best comparison I know, because to be honest with you, again, business was very new to me. Sweat equity was not something I was super familiar with. (laughs) The best example (laughs) I can use is uh, a biblical one, which Uh is the story of Jacob and falling in love with Rachel and he earns her <laughs> he earns her by working for her father or for her uncle. Yeah. And uh that story does not turn out great. <laughs> like I mean I guess it right. ultimately does, but he doesn't right. really get what he bargained for, which honestly how accurate. Like we, mm-hmm. we don't really mm-hmm. we don't really get what we bargained for in small business either. So I did that for 5 years and in 2018 that contract, that sweat equity contract was for 5 years. And so Katie and her husband, Scott, really asked us, okay, what do you want to do now? Like, are you, you know, we had that opportunity at that five-year mark, we could either walk away and lose Uh the equity or we could buy the business at a discounted rate. And I also want to be transparent about this. I really looked hard for a financial partner Mm -hmm. because I did not have the capital. And so I wrote up a business plan. I mean, I did all the like nerdy Enneagram five (laughs) things you're supposed to do. Like I wrote a business plan. I talked about my vision for the bookshelf. I talked about what I wanted to do with it, how much I had fallen in love with it, with the business and with the town. And I just, I just didn't find a partner. And that was super discouraging. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I think Jordan and I both thought, well, does this mean we should walk away? And then I think we just both decided, no, we'll take out a small business loan. Mm -hmm. And so we took out a small business loan with a local bank. I have worked really hard uh, to almost pay that loan off. Mm -hmm. And I know that wouldn't be important to some people, but it is important to me. And so anyway, that's kind of how like the financial aspect Mm -hmm. of buying the bookshelf, that's what it looked like. The bookshelf already existed, which is something I'm very grateful for. A lot of a lot of potential or curious future bookstore owners will will kindly email me and I always want to help them. But my story is pretty unique, right? Like I did not start a bookstore from scratch. I didn't have to renovate a building. Mm -hmm. I did not have to uh, my challenges just looked different. Right. And so for me, this was the best way to entrepreneurship for me. Awesome. Yeah. It was risky but not as risky. And I am by nature pretty risk averse. And so it was a really, there were challenges, there were difficulties. I don't want to gloss over any of those. But for me, it was a great way to come into entrepreneurship. Got it. I love that. I love that. And as I'm listening to you talk, I'm I'm really thinking about some of my experiences and motivations with being an entrepreneur and being inspired to help other people and believing in beautiful healing. And Mm. I can relate to the gritty part of it (laughs) of, you know, I don't, (laughs) the nuance, you know, like, uh, how does this technology work? And let me sit here and figure it out, you know, and Mm -hmm. the nuts and bolts, you know, the things that make it. And um, that can be really discouraging. And so thank you for sharing about your desire for a business partner, you know, and Mm -hmm. how that just didn't, it didn't happen and your yeah. husband didn't give up and you had the support from Jordan, which is really yeah. cool to see. And I can tell with you all, like it, it's, you're so real and that's so, mm. that makes everything relatable for people, you know? So mm-hmm. thank you for your transparency. Seriously. Yeah. I, I feel like a lot of things um, have that 
that beautiful sort of tension with, with your um, experiences with the bookshelf and how you've built it. Like there's the gritty and the graceful. There's the, <laughs> yes. you know, I think about our, our, our brick store, which is beautiful, yes. but also a bit archaic at times, you know, and, and yes. you know, like, but it's beautiful. <laughs> you know, it is yes. a staple right here on Jackson street, all the beautiful mm-hmm. bricks, right? I mean, it mm-hmm. is a part of Thomasville. It is a part of yeah. that experience. And so um, thanks for, I just love it. Thank you. I, I'm learning yeah. so much. <laughs> well, I, well, I think you're right, right? Like I think just, I mean, it's not just small business ownership. It could be just your daily life, but it everything is both. We And we, I think we've talked about that a lot just as a culture, especially since or during the pandemic, that there are really beautiful parts of the bookshelf story and really easy, magical parts of the bookshelf story. And then there are also, quite frankly, really awful parts mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. bookshelf story and, and, and brutal parts of the bookshelf story, hard parts. And so just like life encompasses both of those things, small business ownership is frequently both. It's, it, it, you put it beautifully. It's gritty and it's graceful. It's, it's both of those things. Right. And I love that the way that you lead our team, the way, you know, just the nuance and how um, either preparing for events like the reader retreat, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and your shelf subscription, the, the different things, looking in your office at those different um, uh, whiteboards and looking at the yes. dates. And I remember you saying, do you see that it has not changed, you know, in the last quarter? But, but yes. that's okay. I mean, that yeah. is, it's real, you know. Mm-hmm. And so talk to me a little bit, Annie, about your first staff members. Like, mm. what was that like in the beginning? How many did, did you have anybody? Like, how, how did that evolve? Because it's like 10 of us now. So, yes, you're right. That has been quite the change. So, when I came on board the bookshelf, there was a manager and there was maybe a part time bookseller. I, but I do not remember there being more than two or three of us. And listen, when you inherit somebody else's team, that is a really challenging experience, right? I was 27 years old, <laughs> which I just you just have to laugh when you when you think about it. Um, I was 27 years old, and I definitely think that I have natural natural leadership tendencies. We'll call it eldest daughter energy, and <laughs> I certainly had I can some prior. To that. <laughs> yeah, I, I certainly had some prior leadership experience, like being the editor of the school paper or running a social club at my tiny Christian college, but I had never been a boss before. Never. Um, Running your school newspaper and running a school club, that is all hard work. I don't diminish any of that. I don't look back on that and think that was easy. No, that was hard. But that was not the same thing as being a boss and managing a team. And so the initial staff was quite small and then became smaller, (laughs) then became smaller and then became bigger. Um... Oh gosh, personnel again. Speaking as and can be socially awkward. Enneagram Five INTJ, trying to learn a team, hire, motivate, lead. All of that is really hard. I love doing it. To me, it's one of the most rewarding parts of the job. Is is learning what people's giftings are and helping them find their spot. But I was twenty seven when I started doing all of this and. There were serious ups and downs, honestly, probably more downs than ups. Um, But over the years, I was able to cultivate my own team and do my own hiring. And certainly there are pitfalls there, but that was exciting to begin to think about 
what kind of team do I want to grow? What kind of leadership style do I want to have? Um, what kind of culture do I want to help create at the bookshelf? And so, yeah, over, we have had over the years, really hardworking, talented people who come to the bookshelf. Retail is by its nature transient. And so Olivia right now is our, I think she is our fit officially our longest serving employee. Ooh, um, she has, yeah, she has <laughs> yeah. been with the bookshelf four years, four, almost awesome. five, followed closely by Nancy. And so they have worked at the bookshelf a long time, but in Thomasville and in retail, that feels fairly unusual. So right. over the years, we've had a lot of FSU interns and grad students and We've had a lot of folks in Thomasville who were here for a season, right? Like mm-hmm. they moved back home for a little bit and they moved away. And I could name you all of the people who played such important roles in making the bookshelf what it is today. So the team started small, probably one to three people. I have distinct memories. My mom loves this. She loves me to tell this. There were portions of that early like 2013 timeframe where I would have to call my mom who lived in Tallahassee and ask her to come so that I could use the bathroom because (laughs) I felt guilty about leaving the store unsupervised. And so she would come up from Tallahassee so that I... No, it's true. (laughs) You should laugh. (laughs) You really should laugh. You could definitely, in our cute, quaint, small town, you could definitely leave the store unsupervised. But I do think that goes to my original attitude, which was one of excitement and one of fear. I did not want to run an existing business into the ground. Like I did not want to fail. And so if that meant having to call my mom to come so that I could go pee, like (laughs) that's what it was going to be. So yeah, we started off as two to three people, grew over the years and during a variety of seasons, right? The last quarter of the year is always busier. So we had Sometimes we had seasonal help or during the summers, we would occasionally have, like I said, interns from FSU or from Thomas University. And now through the growth we experienced during the pandemic, we have grown our team to be about 10 people. And those people do a variety of tasks where they run the online portion of the store. And then we also have floor staff who run the in-store goings-on in Thomasville. Wow. You pivoted shortly thereafter with the pandemic and you gained your footing and Mm -hmm. you didn't let it stop you, you know, and and now your team has grown. And (laughs) even with the whole community manager position, I mean, I applied for the marketing manager, Mm -hmm. you know, and... I just mm-hmm. had that feeling after stopping in here one day to drop off a couple <laughs> of books and hopefully, mm-hmm. you know, have a book signing at some point, right? I mean, it was just a genuine, yeah. let me just stop in. And, and I saw, I went to high school in Thomasville. So I had a chance to, to mm-hmm. experience it back in 99, dating myself. But um, <laughs> it, I was like, wow, a whole new world. I felt like Ariel. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so with that being said, <laughs> when did you kind of have the epiphany community manager, you know, like Mm. how that happened for you? Yeah. So that's a great question. So the bookshelf team, we immediately knew when, (laughs) after Olivia and I, with the help of some part-time staff who were able to come back kind of maybe the summer of 2020, but, but for a couple of months there, Olivia and I were really just running the show and shipping out product and shipping out books. And when it became apparent that our online sales had increased and were 
never going to go back to, I mean, knock on wood, but you know, for the foreseeable future, we're not going to go back to pre-2020 levels. We knew we had to hire more people, which is intimidating when you're a small business and particularly when you run a bookstore, which is, I don't think I'm shocking anyone by saying this, but bookstores are notoriously low profit stores, right? There is not a huge profitability in books. And so I began working with a business coach in 2019 In 2020, I began working with a different business coach kind of late 2020, early 2021. And that certainly helped me kind of begin thinking proactively because so much of the pandemic was thinking reactively, thinking proactively about how I wanted our team to grow. So I knew we needed a marketing manager and a few people interviewed. Like that's the other kind of interesting thing about running a small business in a small town is hiring is really interesting, right? There aren't always a ton of candidates. You really have to trust that the right person is going to come around at the right time. So was hiring for a marketing manager. I interviewed a few folks, including you and including Caroline. And I loved interviewing you both, but it became apparent to me that there were two different skill sets there. And I thought the bookshelf needed both. So community manager is not something I originally thought the bookshelf necessarily needed. But I keep mentioning 2019. I feel like it is important to say that 2019 was a big year for me. It was the first year I really started to interact with maybe some other entrepreneurs, particularly outside of the book industry. So I love the book industry. I'm so grateful for the booksellers and the bookstore owners I know. They have inspired me in many ways. But I think it's also important, maybe it's my liberal arts education. I just think it's also important to talk to other entrepreneurs and, and see how they grow their businesses and see how they how they manage their teams and how they grow their teams. And so community manager was something I had seen um, some of my favorite podcasts have or some of my favorite business owners have. And I began to realize that we could hire Caroline to be our marketing manager to kind of do the nitty gritty detail work to help navigate our social media. But we could hire a community manager to help with ideas and growth. And growth has always been mostly my job. So the thought of having someone else who could have an eye toward growth and sustainable growth, which is crucial, that became really exciting to me. Somebody who could come on board and be excited and build camaraderie, not only amongst our team, but amongst our Patreon community or amongst our in-store community. And so anyway, through the work of a business coach, through interacting with other entrepreneurs and small business owners outside of the book world, community manager became a position I thought we could really benefit from. And so that's kind of where your position came from. Awesome. Thank you. I remember sharing with some of my closest friends and that circle small, you know, but they knew how excited I was about the potential of just being a part mm-hmm. of the bookshelf. First, they know how much I love books and how much I love to write. <laughs> and then, you know, and the alignment, that word kept coming up for mm-hmm. me. And when they met you, um, you were just as delightful as you were on the <laughs> podcast interview and the different things I saw online, you were just as consistent, mm-hmm. you know, and even better 
And that, and so I'm like, <laughs> wow, synergy. Wow. Like the interview was almost two hours. Mm. I mean, you know, and when I left out, I said a prayer and I'm like, Lord, have your way. May your will be done. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that opportunity. And so three weeks later, mm-hmm. I could tell you had been very methodical and thoughtful. I could feel it. Lots of thinking. (laughs) I could feel it. Lots of thinking. And when you called me, I was waiting with bated breath, hoping. Mm -hmm. But I also knew in my heart that the marketing manager position wasn't quite my skills. Mm -hmm. I knew that, but I still leaned in to putting my name in the hat and applying Mm -hmm. because I I call it, the Lord was knocking on my heart. But one particular Mm -hmm. day I felt bookshelf, the bookshelf, the bookshelf. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. so that was the day I went online and saw that you were hiring. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I got you. You know? (laughs) So, so yeah. And, and so it just melted my heart when you were thinking in terms of my, um, my gifts. And I remember you saying that, you know, Felicia, your gifts and this, and it's a match, you know? And I'm like, wow, that's the kind of person I want to work for. Well, I appreciate that. And I think that is important to note. So as much as we're talking about entrepreneurship and ownership and um, maybe the being a boss of it all. I also think that your perspective is valuable here for people who, and it could be outside of entrepreneurship, right? Outside of small business ownership, but people who are applying for work or applying for jobs, there may be a job that you think you're not qualified for or that you think you don't have the experience for. And I'm not saying this is true in every case. I can't speak for every business or every boss, but sometimes I think it's important to apply for things or interview for things that may be outside of our even if they're just slightly outside of our experience metric or they're a little bit outside of our, maybe what we what we think we are best at um, because there may be something else that the interviewer might see in you that might be a better fit for something else. You just never know. And I think a good manager or a good boss is on the lookout for mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to... I think that was like in July, I was going to market, all this stuff. But I also needed to make sure financially, right? Like I could bring on two team members instead of one. Mm -hmm. And then I also needed to see, okay, this is what I think makes sense. But I'm very, I think you use the word methodical. That is accurate. (laughs) Uh, I really want to go into things well prepared. Mm -hmm. and, And so it took me a while to make sure that it made sense. And, and to some extent, it still felt like a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. But I think your perspective is valuable because it shows there's a boss or a manager on one side, and there's also someone who has to take the risk to apply, who has to be vulnerable in an interview, or who has to be honest in an interview. And then hopefully, if there's a budget, if there's room, a good boss or manager can kind of make that work and maybe see, oh, well, you know what? This might be a good seat for you. Absolutely. And I, I don't know that I'm always good at that, but I hope I'm getting better at it. Yeah. I, I think you're spot on. Um, and I think that's one of the things that you're very, uh, some folks may call it quirky. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, <laughs> you know, but you're very unique and you trust <laughs> yourself, even if you may not think that you do. I, I saw the mm-hmm. um, dots connecting when I realized that when I entered the store, it was purely, I wanted to give, I wanted to leave those books for the owner. And maybe I could, you know, so from a place of inspiration and joy and I come Mm -hmm. in and it's charming and it's, it's, I felt joy, literally it's beautiful Mm -hmm. and captivated, you know? And then when I left the Mm -hmm. day, with the day that I dropped the books off, I remember thinking if I go back to 
work in some capacity. I know it won't be corporate, but I'd like to work there. Mm -hmm. I just remember feeling Mm -hmm. that. So then I don't think, so I think it wasn't difficult for me to lean into applying when I saw an open door. Cause I remember mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. I'd like to, you know, and then I've learned yeah. as well, don't get caught in the details of it. I was, I remember thinking, okay, it's in Thomasville. Mm, the gas was really still very high at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I, I didn't, I, I felt, Hmm, there's something here. Let me go see. Yeah. And I think that speaks yeah. to the power of following your gifting in life and doing the things that you're created to do because I had that capacity to have that joy because I really do love beautiful healing and what I do on a you know regular mm-hmm. regular basis. So my cup was full to have the capacity to check it out. I had the energy, I had the strength. So then to yeah. see how you have trusted yourself and um, been open to those different ideas, you know, that unite people, you know, and like the the support that you've provided in terms of the bookshelf, local authors network, and, you know, um, wanting Mm -hmm. to support local authors. And I mean, I'm thinking about the different things that I wish I had had have had when I Mm -hmm. was writing and what do it's difficult to be a writer and and a creative. And there may not always be folks around that really understand why you want to write all night, you know? (laughs) So that's been really cool. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and I love how um, you said, I just trusted that the right person would come around. A lot of, I, I don't know a lot of people that are doing that. I hope that we live in a world that they are, but I just listen to, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you're like, I trust that the, you're open-minded, Annie, you know, the reason that you are open to other learning from other entrepreneurs, you know, I'm not that I hang out with a lot of negative Nellies, but I'm just saying, you know, who has time? I mean, but I do. I, I love it. Well, well, it's it's funny that you say that because it reminds me, interestingly, and and I think that this is okay for me to share. But um, you know, Erin, who now is our online sales manager, she interviewed for her position a couple years ago, right? Right as we were kind of growing from the pandemic, and we needed some somebody to sit in that seat and to help Olivia. I move out of packaging and shipping uh-huh. and go back to our to our normal jobs. And Erin interviewed, and she was phenomenal in the interview. And she was nervous that she might not have the time or the capacity, um, like after the interview, right? I think we all get this way, right? We're in an interview and we get excited or we say things and then we maybe have too much time to stew later. Yeah. <laughs> and she either emailed me or called me and she kind of requested that um, she no longer be considered for the position. Mm. And I also, as listeners know, as you know, I'm a person of faith and I thought, mm, I don't like that. And I, and I, and I prayed uh, a bit and I thought, no, mm-hmm. I really think Aaron is the right person. And if she's the right person, then I think we can make room for somebody with a growing family mm-hmm. or somebody who might maybe mm-hmm. occasionally need to bring their adorable baby to work, you know, and, and they're, I think that's the beauty of small businesses is, is you have a little bit maybe more flexibility than than a corporate uh, business might. I wish our corporations would be a little more <laughs> mindful and understanding. Yeah. But but Aaron is another good example of somebody who I really believed was the right fit for the job, and I wanted to do whatever it took to to see if she could come on board. I didn't want. Mm-hmm. I don't. I never want to bully anybody into anything. I didn't want to force her mm-hmm. into taking the bookshelf role. But I picked up the phone and I said, "Look, you can make if you if this is the decision you want to make. I will trust you completely. But I want you to know, 
I would really love you to come on board. And I think we could be flexible around this. And I'm so glad she chose to say yes. She, she is exactly the right. We talk a lot about right seat on the bus. I think that's language from my business coach, but she's exactly the right person in the right seat on the bus. And, you know, we never know how long an employee will stay or how long their life circumstances will leave them with the bookshelf. But i firmly believe she's right where she needs to be for now. And I'm so glad she took that risk. And I'm so glad small business allows us to be flexible to take some of those risks. Yeah, I I can relate because I remember thinking, gosh, I remember Annie asking in that interview, are you good with details? I'm okay with details, (laughs) but I do know that I get in the clouds. I do know that I'm an idea Mm -hmm. person. I'm a visionary. Okay. And then you said that in the call, you said, Felicia, uh-huh. um, the marketing manager position is like for a specific skill set, an implementer, but you're a visionary. Mm-hmm. And I believe both coupled mm-hmm. together with the visionary and the implementer, this would be what we need. Okay. I'm sitting mm-hmm. there like, <gasps> well, okay. Thank you, Lord. You know, because, and it helped me to see like, Felicia, I, I, the Lord and I are very cool. Talk to him very often. And I felt like he was mm-hmm. like, Hey, you know, I made you the way I made you for a reason. I've been telling you that. Mm-hmm. So listen, She's going to pay you to swim in your thoughts because that's what you do. <laughs> but the but then yeah. to know as well, like the, the nature of what you do, small business, the beauty of it, there's space and capacity for those unique ideas and yes. different things. And so yes. I just want to kind of say, if anybody's listening to this and they just want to know what it's like, because I know I know there are people listening. There are thousands. Annie, you have a huge <laughs> following with from the front porch. I mean, <laughs> you're so sweet and modest, but... There are thousands of people listening, and that is incredible. That. <laughs> that is incredible. And thank you for sharing your platform with me. And, and another, yeah. you know, you're just being open to the ideas. And mm-hmm. it's just a true joy to work for someone that still imagines a world in which, like you often say, mm-hmm. uh, uh, where there mm-hmm. people will live long and there will be mm-hmm. good things, you know, and it, you still mm-hmm. say that, and like you said earlier, Willing to make room that those values mm. that uh, Shop Dad and um, sweet, <laughs> sweet Susie, <laughs> yes, Susie yeah. Butterworth, <laughs> um, yeah, and right. Mr. Butterworth, you know, the, the values they instilled. I mean, it's just really lovely, and yeah. um, and it's a true joy. Thank you to be here. Yeah, well, that is that is exactly right, right? Like, I think one of the questions you had alluded to maybe in your notes, it, you know, was, you know, do you always listen to your gut or have you all, you know, um, and I think, you know, no, not always, but I do try to. And I, that is because of my mom. Yeah. Like that, is because, that yeah. is because my mom taught me to do that. Um, or, and then, yeah, trying to make room or having a spirit of imagination. Yeah. Those are definitely things I think the Butterworths uh, instilled <laughs> for sure. So they, so my parents may not be the stereotypical entrepreneurs, but I do think they gave me, yeah, they bestowed upon me gifts and I hope talents that I can use in entrepreneurship. Um, even if I didn't grow up in a house where my parents own a business or something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And I believe that that is the beauty of family um, there, we all mm. can be so different, but there are those special, special mm. moments when you come across people and you know they've been raised by people that love them mm. and cultivated yeah. the best they knew how, you know? And so yeah. it's it's really, really, really awesome. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. So what's ahead? Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're going to turn our attention to small business woes. And I think we'll have fun with it. It doesn't sound like a fun topic, but not mm-hmm. everything in small business ownership is rainbows and butterflies, even when maybe on the internet, it looks like it is. And so mm-hmm. we're going to turn our attention 
to Small Business Woes. Felicia, if folks have questions that they want to submit, maybe they want us to talk about certain issues about small business ownership, where can people reach you via email? Absolutely. Please send me an email at community at bookshelfthomasville.com. Perfect. So if you have topics that you want to address, email Felicia. We would love to feature your questions on an upcoming episode of From the Bookshelf Files. Well, this has been phenomenal. Thank you, Felicia. This week, I'm reading Our Missing Hearts by Celeste Ng. Felicia, what are you reading? I am reading You Can Heal Your Heart by David Kessler and Luis Hay, second edition. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelfteville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Studio D Podcast Production for production of From the Front Porch and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations. Our executive producers of today's episode are Donna Hetchler, Cami Tidwell, Chantal Carl, Nicole Marcy, Wendy Jenkins, Lori Johnson, Kate Johnston Tucker. Thank you all for your support of From the Front Porch. If you'd like to support From the Front Porch, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your input helps us make the show even better and reach new listeners. All you have to do is open up the podcast app on your phone, look for From the Front Porch, scroll down until you see write a review and tell us what you think. Or if you're so inclined, you can support us over on Patreon, where we have three levels of support, Front Porch Friends, Book Club Companions, and Bookshelf Benefactors. Each level has an amazing number of benefits like bonus content, access to live events, discounts, and giveaways. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week.